Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! It was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we are back from our, after our quick binge into current events. We're back with top five lists and a special guest. Uh, sounds like maybe our most modest guest of all time. Also one of our earliest. You may remember him from our second ever Geek Top 5 episode way, way long ago in the before times. Uh, Graham, why don't you roll out the verbal red carpet for this gentleman? We have actor, writer, <laughs> compositor, just a uh, geek of all trades, uh, chef extraordinaire, and bartender, <laughs> Stephen Shaggy Shanahan here with an excellent video game list that I'm sure we will get into a little later. How are you, Shaggy? I'm, I'm just delighted to find out that was the second episode I was on? That was so long ago. Right? Yeah, I mean, the before times on their own seem like so long ago, and that's we'll go to the before times and then roll it back 50 episodes, like 20 months. Holy... All I remember from that episode was I was like very right about everything I said. <laughs> I think if you look back now, you'd be like, holy, he was on the he was on the ball with that one. <laughs> we had that consistently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scarily, actually, when they actually it was, it was about the, the SNES classic or no, NES classic? Uh, SNES. That was that was an even later episode. Your that was episode later? two. Yeah. Episode two of Geek Top Five was your favorite video game like cheat codes or like secrets. How many times have I been on this show? (laughs) (laughs) Not enough, as far as I'm concerned. I'm getting lightheaded from like these flashbacks coming to me now. I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) And then we had you at the SNES episode where you made the completely insane prediction about Star Fox 2 being in the mini SNES Not only, it was also Secret of Mana, which you guys poo-pooed. And I was like, no, 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 Secret (laughs) of Mana. You held that grudge. You felt that personally. Let's be clear. I'm also pretty, I, I had to, like, I had to compromise. You know, there was, that was a give and take. I, I was also pretty pro Secret of Mana. Yeah. I'm that guy. Okay. I still have my Secret of Mana cart with the characters all leveled up to 99 and the level <laughs> nine magic. It took me like a whole summer. I, I just still, I want to make sure that's in the record. Jesse is pro Secret of Mana. Okay. I still have uh, the instruction manual from like the SNS box on my shelf. It's just, it's a good, good cover art. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Anyway, Stephen Shaggy <laughs> Shanahan, um, man of so many talents. Um, you can, I mean, well, you've still got your portfolio up at ShaggyShan.com, um, know, yeah. but you've <laughs> you've made shows, you've made web shows, you've done casts, you've had a, a, a incredibly hilarious YouTube channel for a long time, the show about games show for The Escapist, <laughs> you've written issues of Invader Zim, possibly one of my favorite cartoons of all time. I mean, you wrote a comic book about it and didn't tell anybody until we saw your name on the cover. (laughs) I've been meaning to give you guys copies, too, but we haven't been able to hang out. So I have like this box with like the separate like A and B covers for one of each of you to fight over. And I've been meaning to give it to you guys. Amazing. Uh, That's a whole other episode in itself. I had it all planned out how it would go down violently. Just here you go. Ugh. Anyway, the, uh, can't this horrible virus go so I can get these these Invader Zim comics? <laughs> these, these hot comics. <laughs> <laughs> 
For those of you looking it up, uh, that's Invader Zim number 44. Uh, hard to go to a comic shop these days because of the pandemic, but it is available on Kindle and Comixology and, you know, wherever fine you know, digital versions of comic books are sold. Mm. Support. If you can support local, of course, do so safely. Uh, you know, buy, buy your comics local if you can, but also do it online if you have to. That's cool, too. F- fair enough. That's Very my promo for the day. <laughs> So I'm trying to encapsulate all the the amazing stuff that you've done over the years. Um, Certainly one of the most amazing over the years is you've always had a keen interest in delicious things. Um, (laughs) Sometimes it goes both ways. Uh, I was there where you attempted baking a bunch of Big Macs onto a pizza. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That came back to me too just now. That wasn't great. (laughs) Pro tip, do, do not put lettuce in the oven. It does not smell good. (laughs) Especially not the oven of uh, someone else. (laughs) (laughs) To reiterate what we said at the time, we thought it was a generous gesture for a birthday party or whatever it was. Tisk, tisk, I don't don't, don't think anyone remembers the event. I just remember the horror that followed. Uh, But a one-off. Most of the time, there's been all kinds of fun ideas. There's been all kinds of cool stuff. You had like a lot of stuff that you did. You did it for a while. It was movie reviews and an accompanying meal. Uh, what I'm getting at is I want you to tell us a little bit about food and how it has just such an important part of your life. And we can build that into getting to what you've done with this cool idea for a list here. <laughs> uh, I get, like, you know, first and foremost, food keeps you going, keeps you alive. That's good stuff. And uh, that that will happen. Uh, that'll become important later on, as you'll find out. Um, but uh, for me, uh, in my mind, I always liked to be able to deconstruct the things I enjoyed, like understand them more. Um, so be it like, you know, how, how do you make a movie? And then you learn about video editing and sound design and stuff. And food has that same appeal to me. Like if, if I enjoy a nice, uh, like a karage chicken or something like that, it's like, this is all well and good that I've purchased this and eaten it. But now can I do it? Um, and, and a lot of times you'll find out like, you know, restaurants definitely have the equipment prepared to do these types of things more frequently and easily. Um, but there is a way to do it at home. And that's what I've kind of spent the last few years really delving more into finding that way. So why, what, what inspired it? Like, is it, is it just an going after the perfection of it? Was there, you just got tired of takeout? It's it's like the mysteries of the universe. You know, you just kind of want to find out why like why is this so good this texture this karage chicken yeah why this crunch you know like how and you know can i harness this power you know and a lot of it came into you mentioned bartending i'm not an official bartender or a real bartender i pretend it's fun (laughs) but like figuring out just like the right portions of like a simple syrup and 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 a bourbon that tastes like gasoline but then it becomes amazing somehow it's magic now if memory serves it feels like the the bartending or like the mixology came before the cooking is that right probably mix no no pun i'm sorry oh god okay <laughs> uh probably a bit of a um like early early foods was me being like i got leftover cold kfc fries how can i bring these back to life and it's like oven cheese done and it's a whole new dish um but when it comes to drinks it was it was just like more so that i wasn't a huge fan of like beers and uh like hard hard spirits at the time i was always trying to find out what a sweet drink or you know something more palatable to my youthful tastes uh could be and then like seeing all these different colored bottles of wonder on the shelves and things i'm like i want to mix that red one with that green one and see what happens but yeah i'd say it's, it's that it's just trying to figure out how to construct it and and also uh, the, the sharing of it i love uh 
you know, a while back uh, talking about past things, we used to do these things called horrible movie nights where we'd find, you know, terrible yet funny enough uh, films, but we'd pre, you know, before that we'd have a dinner and we'd I'd kind of like assign people different roles. Like, all right, you're on the stove, you're on cutting, you're on washing. And then we'd like assemble a meal together to share with everyone. And that's some, some of my most cherished memories. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so were a lot of fun back in the day. Mm. Yeah. So they uh, so creating the putting things together seems like you could call that there's a bit of an overlap with your more I want to say professionally oriented career, but the stuff the YouTube channels, the the blog posts, the the goofy videos that started off as <laughs> like how to cook hot dogs and turned into a shootout with an alien. <laughs> The, oh my gosh, it's all like, this is your life. Do you remember that show? Just, <laughs> and here's the hot dog right now. I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh man, these old videos. <laughs> well, t- tell us a little bit about that. I mean, we haven't gotten into too much about you the last couple of times we had you on the show. And it's worth noting that we followed so many of your hilarious creations for years. <laughs> is that sort of the same deal? Is that also a Mysteries of the Universe thing? In in a way, um, more leaning on the learning side, because any of the videos I made were actually, uh, you know, like artists will like sketch and sketch and draw and, and stuff you may never see or, or they'll, you know, nowadays they have a lot of outlets to post their art online and stuff. That was basically it for me because I wanted to learn how to make videos, um, not necessarily like full films, but just like how to do graphics and compositing and just edit and audio. But I didn't just want to like make like, here's me throwing a tennis ball and just adjusting the sound. You know, I have to like do something more with it, turn it into a skit or make it like you know, larger than what you think it's going to be at the beginning, just so there's like more of a payoff. So it, it was just all every pretty much anything I've ever done online has just been some sort of practice just to get better at uh, my craft, but also sharing it with other people. I mean, I, do I have to draw the line? Like that is an incredibly similar parallel to what's happening with the food and drink preparation, right? <laughs> that seems to be my path with everything. <laughs> Here, I made this. Now try it. Tell yeah. me if it's delicious, right? Yeah, I was, I was talking to a friend about, like, I wanted to learn more about, like, electronics and circuitry. I'm like, if I just, like, can make, like, a potato battery, then I can help power the world with it and share it with people or something like that. That's that's the end goal of all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> potato battery. Okay, got it. Check. <laughs> I haven't got to that stage yet. I haven't bought a potato, so we're good. <laughs> Working on it. That's not well, being in one of your ingredients list? It, like, in the end, it turned into, like, a, a wicked... A curry, which are a quick recommendation. If you're doing a curry with potatoes, also do some yams. Get a little sweet side. <laughs> okay. <enough>. So. Writing <laughs> <laughs> it down. I can hear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Very good information. <laughs> so is there a particular style of food you're, you're most intrigued by? Um. For the last like year or two, definitely a lot more of a uh, Japanese style plates. Just uh, like I, I've been putting a lot of time into figuring out ramen, and it's not just like noodles, soup, done. It's like there's the tare, the broth. There's like the type of toppings, the aromatic oils and stuff. There's like five components that you got to think about just to give you the whole experience. Um, but then there's also like uh, I, I like to travel around, travel around the world with food. So like a little beef Wellington, maybe. Maybe a little uh, scotch egg. We could try that out. And then sometimes just like the perfect, uh, uh, like just a, a smash burger that you got to like buy some like flattening tools, maybe from like the tool shop. Get that down there and crispy. <laughs> so I travel the world with food, I guess, like like any good food documentarian. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's the dream job, right? Well, that, that's like the end game for every British comedian, if you pay attention. It's like <laughs> they, they're on their sketch show and it's all funny and good. And then eventually they just 
become a documentarian traveling the world and either eating things or just looking at stuff. And it's like, that's the trajectory that I would have if I was English, like in England. <laughs> ah, you, the missed opportunity. You're just born in the wrong country. Otherwise, you'd already be zipping around the world making documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, the people at home, I mean, who are delighted by these three gentlemen are also just starting to ask themselves, so why do they keep asking about food? Um, it's because we wanted to lay the groundwork. Uh, Shaggy, why don't you tell us about the list you've brought here today? Because I love this idea. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew where it was coming from. Right. Uh, all right. So heads up, I may have accidentally written like a, a Kotaku article or a, uh, a Polygon all about this. So I have a bit of a preamble. I didn't mean right, to do well, this, but it happened. Well, Kotaku's mostly ads anyway, so that's nothing to worry about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so <Zing>. Polygon. <laughs> okay. Uh, a preface first. I would like to preface this by saying none of this is actually properly researched. <laughs> uh, everything that follows is based on my vague memories and firsthand experiences with video games. So I'll probably forget or mix up some things. For that, I apologize. But we should all have a lot of fun anyway. So. <laughs> you might all right, I love it. Good. good uh, it's like those sensor warnings in front of uh, the, the, the Muppets most recently. Now, yeah, the Muppets. <laughs> Anywho, video games. Video games have mastered the art of converting concepts of survival into simple visual iconography. Is this dangerous? Is this helpful? Is that my goal? Am I winning? All these things need to be conveyed and understood almost as soon as someone enters a video game world, or at least after a prolonged, unskippable tutorial sequence. Healing oneself is one of these concepts. Health items is one of these icons. A simple item that a player will see and know, I need that to live. This goes on. <laughs> Health <laughs> items in video games have taken many forms from the logical to the abstract. We have coins, rings, hearts, first aid kits, different colored bottles, fairies, recharge stations, medic NPCs, healer teammates, body armors, and of course, the ever popular health regeneration systems waiting for the red huge screen to become not red. But I think food has always been the best and simplest translation of the idea of replenishing one's health. Because food in the real world makes you feel good. And keeps us alive so why not why not food part two food for thought or food for life in the early days video games used food as health bonus points and power-ups you got pac-man fruit your castlevania wall chicken your mario mushroom which acts as all three of those functions yes food translates into replenishing health pretty easily but where were the options in Ninja Turtles Arcade, what if the turtles weren't in the mood for pizza? Well, too bad. It was always pizza time. Eat what we have was the mentality of many games. <laughs> the first time I noticed a game having a variety of foods, i.e. choice options, dare I say, a menu, was River City Ransom on the NES, or known on the Famicom as Neketsu Koa Kunio-kun, hot-blooded, tough guy, Kunio. The game was basically... <laughs> Double Dragon. With RPG mechanics, you leveled up your punches and kicks and other stats from buying and eating foods at shops. You ordered some sushi, a nice ribeye steak. Side note, hugging a teddy bear that you purchased granted 20 strength points. It was that kind of game. Silly and fun. The more expensive the food, the better the stats and the boost you gained. So you saved all the money, all the pocket change from beating up rival gangs to buy better foods. A more recent example of this type of system, Scott Pilgrim the game, pays homage to this pretty directly. 
After playing River City Ransom as a child, I knew no matter the genre, from arcade beat-em-up to RPG, food and video games was only going to get better. And we've come a long way. From picking food up off the ground, to buying food in shops, and now here we are in the year 2021, cooking the meals we need to survive ourselves in video games, using what we call a food crafting system. End of prologue. <laughs> that was I, I gotta <laughs> and see. <laughs> and glad to be on the show. And <laughs> see you guys next time. <laughs> okay, before we dive into the list, let's talk about some of these mechanics a little bit more. Like, like I, I have to ask, how much of that lecture was retroactive? <laughs> like, like how much of that came at, after? falling in love with cooking and falling in love with these cooking mechanics in, in video games. Like when you were playing the Ninja Turtle games, did you actually care about the pizza? Uh, like it looked good and it was just <laughs> there ready to be eaten. <laughs> and like, you know, it was, it was that rivalry when you play, when you play with a friend or something, it's like, you know, maybe you still had more health, but that pizza was right there. And it's like, mm, oh, <laughs> yeah. sneak in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely led to to some fights going yeah. for the pizza when someone else needed it more. Well, did, did you two ever play like a turtles? Like was was the fourth one on the super? I think turtles in time. Yeah, the, turtles in time was was like super. A lot of what, was time. your pizza eating amicable? Did you guys like share and consider <laughs> each other's health? I don't remember if you and I played it that much together, Jess. But there there was definitely a, like I check the health bars and see who needs it more. Yeah, <laughs> it was also like usually the pizza would appear and you'd be in the middle of combat and sometimes you just accidentally stepped on it. It wasn't like like you had to you had to make sure everyone steered clear of it until you were ready to to see who needed it more. But sometimes accidents happened. Or sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're just in like the thick of it and, and you just took the pizza. I, yeah. That so, but I do know that there had, had definitely some uh, harsh words spoken over uh, the pizza grabbing before everyone else has had a chance to really decide. I don't, I'm, I don't know if I was the one giving the harsh words or receiving them, but it definitely happened. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe that's not even the best example. Like some of those earlier games we talked about, like Pac Man. Uh, I think was it Miss Pac Man where you could do two players simultaneously? Maybe, oh, really? but. But the co-op all the way back then, yeah. Maybe. Um, one of the variants of it, anyway. But the, the idea of like, you know, when food was for points, I mean, you know, both players are usually working towards a common goal, but the guy with the most points wins, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I guess, anyone's game at that point. And also, like, th- those foods, they were they were only there once, and then they went away once you ate it, right? They didn't keep, like, popping up all over the screen? Depending on the game, but yeah. Oh. And certainly the Turtles Pizza was like that. It was a set number in set places per level. Yeah. I think that's the same with with Pac-Man too. Uh okay, so <laughs> so I guess a, a slight divergent. Do you do you think there's like a drug angle in Mario eating <laughs> mushrooms and getting big? I like if you read any of the origins of any of the stuff like uh Miyamoto came up with, it's all just like pre- pretty much like anything that was around his house he made games about. It's all like Zelda was like I saw a cave once and he made Zelda. It's like, all right, thanks. And then like Mario, I'm assuming once he like saw some mushrooms in the yard and his mom's like, don't eat those Miyamoto. And he's like, I'm gonna makes me strong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) He wanted to justify it. He made a whole game about it. (laughs) I'll show her. 
<laughs> I like how in in your version uh, Miyamoto's still living at home when he's making the Mario game. I don't think it was I don't know. <laughs> I I don't I actually don't know, but it seems unlikely. But maybe <laughs> years later, this like everything, all our memories. He remembered <laughs> it. it. He's like, oh, I'm gonna make mushrooms Not good. That for that's you. what this discussion is actually about. <laughs> but they were actually a company. They were an operating business at that point. They they yeah. definitely had a workspace. You still go home <laughs> <laughs> and yell at your mom about mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Miyamoto, but Shaggy definitely does. <laughs> like, so to answer your question, though, I think it was fairly innocent. I don't know if like it was a mushroom because also I thought like do, I don't know what the effects of mushrooms aren't like. They're not making you super charged, so they just make you kind of like hey. I think give you hallucinations, don't they? Is this? <laughs> I feel like this is becoming a different podcast altogether. You brought us into this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was... I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Okay. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, let's pull it back. Let's get a little back to back on track. Uh, you know, as, as much fun as it is to talk about metaphors for substance abuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So why don't you explain the 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 basics of the cooking mechanics that seem to be in these games? Like how do how do they work? Well, that that's the thing, and that's why we have this list because they're all slightly different, and hence why they made the list. Are they? Okay. You know, properly ordered i don't know uh but i just felt like putting them this way but each is unique in its own way but i do have a couple of caveats okay uh, for the dear listeners at home i'm probably gonna miss some of your favorite food crafting systems sorry this is my apology section again part two sorry <laughs> uh, i know there's food crafting systems in like survival games like uh, rust arc fallout 76 um but like from the little i've played of that usually i'm more panicking to not die in the moment so i just eat that like radiated mole rad meat raw whatever just i gotta survive uh, dungeon crawlers, Diablo probably has food. I don't know, never played it. Well, not we're not going to talk about it. So there we ah, go. It's, that perfect. solves all our problems. Um, I'm also not going to talk about farming games. Ironically, uh, like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley, because they do have food growing aspects, but it's like cooking kind of pops up and off with them, but it's not really like the focus or uh, you know, it's, it's like harvesting food tends to be a little more important and not. I'm just not going to talk about it. So there we go. Okay, I have one more question. <laughs> Before we dive in. Oh, man, it's coming. Of, this list is coming. <laughs> one of the, the criticisms of games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band is, or and I think it's a misplaced criticism, but the idea is like, people are like, whoa, playing those games is nothing like playing a real guitar. Why do people even bother? It's a, and it's, it's just a rhythm game. Is it the same thing with these cooking mechanics? Well, that's what's going to lead us to oh, first okay. on the list. Okay. Oh, that segue. No, no. That was a beautiful segue. That was like... Setting up the ball, put it in, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that common expression. That common expression takes us right to number five, Cooking Mama, the series. Uh, so for those uh, who have yet to you know, enjoy Cooking Mama, the game series, it appeared on various systems from like the Wii, the DS, later ones I haven't played, so I'm not talking about that. Um, but <laughs> of all of them on this list today, this is probably the most literal translation of real world cooking mechanics uh because the whole game is actually about cooking cooking is not like a side thing for health even though we just spent the last half hour talking about health <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so low on the list i don't know <laughs> um but it's like each each level or mission if you will it's like a series of like little short bursts of actions of like chop this celery it's like there you go you slice, slice 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 done next part of it is like oh throw it in the pot and let it boil to this and it's all you know like guitar hero it's not physically like one-to-one exactly but it's got like approximations that stick with you 
throughout the game. Uh, so all these little processes of like, you know, making, you know, putting cake frosting on the cake or leaving something in the stove or moving the butter around the pan. These are all things you can then do uh, in real life. You know, there's always this whole argument of like, do video games and violence inspire like you know, real life action? It's like, well, cooking can though. So it's like any action you do in a video game about cooking, you can actually, you know, rec- recreate. No problems. So do that. <laughs> So I was going to say, so Cooking Mama, so the, like, as I recall, and you'll have to correct me, but the, so the, like, what you're seeing in this is basically, like, the food is put up against the screen, and certainly in, like, the touchscreen version ones, or the Wii, Mm. the DS, those, it's like you directly interact with what's in front of you. So if it's, like, corn on the cob, and you have to sort of, like, cut the, the pieces of corn off, and you're going left and right. On the screen, so like this isn't so much like an adventure game where you're finding food. This is here is some food, and now do something to it, like right in your face. It's almost right? like it's almost more arcadey than any kind of game because it's just kind of like here's the gallery, here's like the action. Now do that, and it's all like as you say, like physically on the food. You're mushing the dough uh, either with you know, uh, you know the the Wii stick, Wiimote, or uh, mm-hmm. you know the touchpad, the uh, stylus, and you're actually interacting with the food and you're like shaping it or you know, twisting knobs or like tilting carefully, tilting the uh, the pudding out of the the shape so it doesn't like break on entry to the table. Oh, okay, so that's sort of like it measures how fast you're doing it and what the angle is. Yeah, like uh, some of the games get a little more gimmicky where you're actually like blowing on you know as much as we all love that <laughs> DS microphone blowing. It's like blowing on the microphone to like cool something down or I don't know uh, some effect. Uh, but for the most part, it's like what you see, what you do. It's like one to one. It's not just like hitting the A button. To make something happen you're with the wiimote tilting the pan and it's actually moving the food around in it you're shaking it or on the ds you're literally slicing down the screen to cut things at the place that you slice it so of all the food crafting systems on this list this would, would i would have to say is the most kind of one-to-one as you can get I, I remember when i played it it felt kind of like a more respectful less wacky wario wear now, yeah, WarioWare no was like this weird short attention span game where every three seconds what you were doing changed, but it was always very like sort of simple actions with what was going on on screen. And this is like that, like like there's it tells you where to slice, so you have to slice it using certain hand motions. And it was very, it always, I don't know, it felt like a, a very fun game. And I, it didn't inspire any real desire to cook in me, but it was like fun to try and perfect the actions <laughs> required in order to, to do it. And one of the best parts is uh, cooking mama herself and her, her either, you know, her disappointment or her encouraging words as you play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like better, better than mama. I should say, if you oh, did yeah. it great, you know, so, and, yeah, and I, I, didn't, I haven't heard that one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a lot of try harder. Yeah. yeah. Just, just somehow like burnt the water. It's like, ah, oh, great. Just, oh. <laughs> I mean, you're joking about that, but <laughs> Anyway, we don't need to tell that story. That's a different podcast. But it was a, it's a very optimistic game. And the, the things you say is actually really apt. It's like she would always kind of encourage you and inspire you to like, you know, get better. Try to get like the gold medals and stuff. And then like later games would give you like items and stuff. But for the most part, it was just like trying to like complete every meal as perfect as you can. I mean, like any video game, right? The point is to you know, get the highest score. Yeah. Just in this one, the highest score is like a, a perfectly baked croissant or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you. Making croissants in real life is no joke. So, like, when I learned what proofing was, geez. 
I, gonna, what is proofing? You're not going to see that bread for a day, man. You got to put it away and let it do its own thing. Oh, okay. Because you like form the croissant and you're like, good night, sweet croissant. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. Just, that's that's the day, I guess. I'll have to continue this later. Save, save my state. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so you, when did you fall off the Cooking Mama bandwagon? <laughs> uh, probably maybe like just the later iterations because they started getting weird it's like cooking mama raises babies and you actually got this plushy baby they're supposed to put the wiimote in its back i'm just like what so weird <laughs> well maybe oh, it's, so you it's, can tell if you're holding it or not right? yeah it's basically yeah. like you know in, in high schools when they gave you those like fake babies you had to carry around all the time it's like it was that but fun so huh. okay yeah I, I see that babysitting mama in 2010 yeah, By, so I guess that, that's not really considered a, a cooking version. It's just a spinoff. Of, yeah. There were also yeah. gardening ones. By, by my count, there were 14 Cooking Mama games between I, uh, 2006 and 2020. I would have guessed just like five. I didn't know there was that many. Holy, I must have fallen off at like two. <laughs> I mean, that that includes all the weird spinoffs and, yeah. and cell phone games and everything. I did see the cell phone game, but because it was an early cell phone game, it was very, you know, trying to get your money. Still, wow. still do now, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just cell phone yeah. games. Other fun side note, it, Cooking Mom was like singly responsible for some of the more ludicrous Wiimote attachments that did nothing. So if you look it up, you could find like, put a spatula on your Wiimote so it's more immersive. And like, <laughs> right. <things> like that. <laughs> But the tennis racket sort of made sense, but some of those did get a little goofy. Well, because you'd have to hot swap them pretty quick between each. You know, you said it's a WarioWare game. You're like, oh, God, we're rolling now. I've got the knife on. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I look ridiculous trying to spatula this with a knife. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Quick side note. uh, In recent years, I think 20, this is 2020 or 2021, uh, this game did come out called Cooking Simulator VR. And on the surface, it looked kind of like it was going to be more like like Surgeon Simulator, very like kind of joking over the top. But from what I've seen, it's actually got some pretty accurate stuff where you're actually like pouring stuff into your measuring cups at like the exact, you know, not, the game doesn't tell you it's exact. You got to like tilt and look to see if it's in the right place and then twisting the knobs in VR. So I haven't played it yet. It might it, probably it's more one to one than Cooking Mama. But since I haven't played it, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Fair Other enough. What we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the number five cooking system in video games was Cooking Mama, uh, where it's all cooking systems. So, I mean, there's four others that beat that. that, that they're going to have to be very impressive. They're kind of not, but <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, true story for Cooking Mama, it did inspire me to make burger patties by like whipping them patties back and forth in the air between my hands. And that's one of the games you go... Okay, like now, that. That you're, uh, now that you're uh, like a chef extraordinaire... What does that accomplish? Does does whipping it back and forth in the air actually do something, or is it just a cool thing to do? Probably a bit of both. It's like because no. you could just put it on the table and push it down, but like I think like gravity and the orbital speeds when it passes between <laughs> your hands and <laughs> you must be throwing it really fast if it's getting into orbit. <laughs> so it affects the shape somehow, is what I'm getting. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like, it's like the perfect shape is a circle. So if you throw meat, it becomes perfect because of steels. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end that one. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Number four. Oh, gosh. 
scroll down here a little. Number four, uh, this one, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Uh, Nothing says kitchen to me. <laughs> you yeah, actually, that does sound like my most of my kitchen experiences. Bloodstained <laughs> Ritual by Night. <laughs> well, for those who haven't played it, uh, actually, Jesse, have you played this one? Oh, yeah, I played that. I platinumed it. I love oh, this game. Very good. I, I feel like one. How about you give us the lead in instead? Uh, tell us about the game itself. <laughs> Oof, okay. Um, so this is so this is a game that was made by a guy who calls himself Iga or IGA. Um, he made a very famous run of Castlevania games that are referred to as Metroidvanias. Uh, because they take place in the Castlevania franchise, but they are based on a side-scrolling, sort of pixelated, explore-the-area format that the Metroid games really famously introduced. Um, He left the company and decided to make his own game without the Castlevania license. He made Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Uh, Very clearly, like, I mean, it just, all it's missing is the Castlevania name, or it's just a, a remake, a classic update of one of these games came out in 2019, I want to say. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, Windows, eventually Switch, etc. Um, you play as a sh- super short version. You play as kind of a witch. You explore this evil castle. You kill demons. You steal their powers. You use those powers to get to new areas of the castle, etc. Uh, but there is also a lot of crafting in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think brings us to uh, where your interests get peaked, Jaggy. Like this is where I lost most of my hours in the game. I, I, I loved. I guess in this case it was more of alchemy. So hey, it's a little more mis- mystique, a little more magical. Right. Um, but it does have a full-on crafting system, and why it's on the list for me is because it's one of the few games that I've played that really did a good job of incentivizing why you should be like cooking these like hundreds of foods on the list as opposed to just being like, oh, let me just like make the best one, whatever. Um, so the the system, it's been a while since I played it, but it's kind of like, you know, you grab this ingredient, this ingredient, this ingredient, and they could just be like eggs, bread, some other thing, and they'll do like a swirly do, and then poof, and based on, you know, whatever random stat of your crafting, they'll become like a new meal or a food or something like that. Um, and the art's really good. Food looks good in this one. Uh, that's going to be a theme of a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> it really reasons. does. It sounds silly, but yeah, the food looks very appetizing. Yeah. Again, like we, I talked about how I was making uh, like ramen and stuff. There's like a whole set of ramens you can make in this game. And that's, I think that's when I stopped playing to like save the town. And when I'm like, I got to make these tasty bowls of ramen. I got, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And Um, then let's be clear. I mean, part of the game, like you can go shopping for the basics, but sometimes they'll be like, oh, you want to make this weird French dessert? You're going to go have to find this like, bizarre french chocolate that's a rare drop from this one enemy that you can find in this difficult area and yeah every time you kill this enemy there's a five percent chance that she'll leave behind the ingredient you need oh no like 1.5 percent <laughs> you gotta <laughs> enter and leave that door so many times <laughs> I definitely remember finding a room with like some sort of cow demon and maybe spending 10 minutes like out in attack, out in attack, (laughs) waiting for it to drop milk or something. I think that was it. I have memories of that. That was last year in its entirety. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit, any of these games with a mechanic like that, I, I... 
barely ever spend time actually working on that mechanic, like cooking stuff from from like Red Dead Redemption to Skyrim mm. to any of these things. I just have so little interest in that facet of the game. But that, here's the thing. Okay. Oh, I'll let you finish first and I'll give you here's the thing. <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing, man. I'm done. But <laughs> damn it. Well, I know what you're going to say next. But here's the thing. So this game, I find, I find Bloodstained did a really good job at, as I said, incentivizing you making all these foods for a couple of reasons. One, okay, uh, in the story, you know, side missions, you're you're cook, uh, you're, you're pushed to cook more of these things by this old lady in like in like the sanctuary. So to give you the picture, it's like imagine your Castlevania style, like giant castle, demons of all sorts, all over the place, cryptids and this and that. And just outside, there's a little town and like a chapel, and there's like a couple of like humans left huddled together. You know, fighting for survival, or you're fighting for their survival, sure. And they're not going to go outside because their level's pretty much one. They're not going to survive any of this. So what does this old lady do? She, if you talk to her, she nonstop is always like, "Ooh, I haven't had pretzels in a long <laughs> time. And I'm not even making that up. She asks for the most random crap from you. Yeah, you're lucky if it's pretzels. By the yeah. end of the game, it's like, oh, if only I had a croque monsieur. Pretty much. <laughs> She's like, oh, I remember corn dogs. I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? There's demons outside. What's going on? And then you're like, fine, I'll get you a corn dog. And you go out, <laughs> murder some horrible beast, which probably should not be edible. And then they like drop some corn doggery stuff. You're like, all right, good. Let's cook this up. <laughs> Get some meat, get some bread. Yeah. Um, and, and I find a lot of those like town missions are kind of like have a weird sense of humor. The game generally has a weird sense of humor that I love. Um, there, there's like one, there's one character, I think it was, she, it's like a priest or something like that. And it's like, or it's, it's the lady who's like helping like, you know, bury the rest of the citizens and you have to like learn their names and this and that. But it's like, oh, thanks for helping me put this guy to rest. Here's an item for you. And it's like, she gives you clown shoes that squeak when you walk. And you're just like, what contextually why what's going on in this world and like that that kind of kept pushing me to be like what's this lady gonna ask for me next <laughs> interesting so, so that that's is one not thing the incentive i thought it would be i thought you'd be like well you need to do this to get your luck stats up or or you know get your attack going you have to eat Whoa. the right amount of corn dogs here's well, the, the more here's the <laughs> go ahead like, here's, here's the, the thing too. here's my here's the thing so the food in this game, generally, it gives you like stat boosts and stuff. So like stronger, faster, this and that. They're like temporary. However, permanent first consumption stat boosts. So every meal that you make, as long as you've eaten it once, you get a stat boost permanently for the rest of the game from that meal. For the rest of the game, that meal will just give you like the temporary version of it. So like it lasts like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that. But, but the first time you eat macaroni and cheese, that's, oh yeah. that's defense plus two. <laughs> You're tougher. Yeah. So you you will, if, if you realize this, you will make every damn dish in the game to become the strongest sort of witch character there is in the land. I just see the thing that I struggle with is I feel like I would go into this game being like, I want to explore dungeons. I want to fight demons. And then if I found out there's like all this cookery business, I, I feel like I'd be kind of disappointed personally. Well, you, you can ignore it. You can just ignore it. <laughs> can doesn't, you just ignore it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't impact your game. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> really? Did you walk around? Like down to here. No, this is, this I mean, you can know. still collect cool new swords and <laughs> cool new armor, and you'll still level up from gaining experience from defeating enemies, and like all that is still there. There is just this whole side thing about rewarding these villagers, and and yeah, the food is a big part of it. And just at the end of all the food, you're you're like it it pays off. You yeah. end up pretty butch. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a quick true story. Uh, just from hunting down food crafting items, I became so strong that I just destroyed the end boss without a sweat because I was the buffest cook in the land. So, take <laughs> as was foretold with the ancient legend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. should we we move on to number three? Uh, we can. I just want to quickly say they somehow made strawberry spaghetti look good. So, hey. Strawberry spaghetti. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, like the noodles yeah. are, were it was made out of pink noodles with strawberry and whipped cream. And I'm like, all right. Thank you, Bloodstain. Have you tried to make it? Is it something that's on your list, your to do list? I think I've seen someone do it online and they said, don't. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Number four. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number three. I mean, this one could be a whole podcast on its own, so it should be. Like, I, I we all have, I think, so much to say about this next one. Um, it is, oh man, <laughs> it's Zelda: Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Just what? What more can be said than what we've already said about Zelda <laughs> previously, <laughs> some other time? I don't know that we've talked much about Zelda on on this show, and certainly not about Breath of the Wild. We should. Well, Not as much should. as I'd like, but, yeah. uh, you know, some people haven't played it. I've played some <laughs> of it. I started it. <laughs> Jesse, so, do you want to give us a, a brief on Zelda? Legend of Zelda 2017, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, specifically a sort of new concept of how to play a Legend of Zelda game, taking the mechanics from the classic sort of adventure or role-playing game and plopping them into a big open-world environment. Um meticulously crafted beautiful world where you want to spend all of your time because mm. it's just so much nicer than this one um, <laughs> in the end surprisingly limited in terms of like dungeons and story and stuff because that's not the point of the game the point mm. of the game is to wander around this huge open world with an active physics engine and do all kinds of crazy stuff and discover all kinds of cool things and find dragons flying out of lakes and that who shoot lightning at you because screw you Baron. <laughs> um but also like like just like this just this it's just this vast wonderful cartoon world to explore that is impossible to put this thing down once you pick it up um it, it's skyrim but cheerful and modern yeah. <laughs> well like going back to that little uh, miyamoto sketch we had at the beginning it's like this seems to be the version of zelda that he wanted when he made the original one because a lot of people say like the original zelda is still like a lot more free and loosey-goosey and like what you can do compared to a lot of the later ones which ended up a little more linear um like you have to go to this dungeon at this point and that one at that point and use this item um and like when this game was launching there's a lot of like art comparisons of like the concept art from the original Zelda NES and like the mountain ranges of this game and being like, this feels like a lot like what that game was in everyone's heads. Like this grand adventure here you are now pick a direction and go like no instructions. 
And I, I love that about this game. Uh, in, in like the later days of the game, I would just start in one corner of the map and just go on foot, walk east, and just see what I found. And I, I'd run into characters I would have never met otherwise and had experiences because like they're not part of a story. There's just like a person in the mountains trying to cook rocks. Speaking of cooking. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> there was just random little events and characters. And of course, like the hundred um, Karok, uh, whatever they're called again. Uh, like just finding oh, them the, hidden. The Korok, Korok seeds. Yeah, Korok, the 900 yeah. and something hidden Korok seeds in this game. And like the, what, the 100 uh, trial dungeons or whatever it is? Like they're 120 something shrines. Yeah. yeah. And you could go online and like find where they are on the map, but I'd, I would just like, all right, we're walking south today and spend like two hours on foot just like walking and seeing what I found. And I would just find like beautiful landscapes. Or uh, uh, sometimes I would actually like see an NPC leaving a town. I'd be like, oh, I'll travel with you. And I just walk with them. And they would actually like end up in another town and then go to the inn to go to sleep. So like they had stuff to do. It, was, it, was, it wasn't just like they're going to despawn after they're out of sight. It was like they're doing things in that world. It's, it's, a li- it's the most like lived in world in a video game I've ever experienced. And nobody teaches you right away, but pretty early on, you'll, you know, you'll find a, a stone pot and you can light a fire <laughs> under it. And what's this? Does Zelda have a food crafting system? <laughs> now, I don't know if they've had them in the past. Like, I, I haven't actually got around to playing uh, Skyward Sword and stuff like that. Not anything been, to this scale. There has been, like, mixing potions with the witch in, um, like, uh, uh, Link to the Past and stuff like that. Um and catching maybe like fairies and other random food things for like health. Um, But this, the reason I put this one on the list is because I feel it's one of the most immersive ingredients collecting systems where in in a lot of the other games we're going to talk about today or already did talk about, it's all very kind of like inventory feeling. It's just like you killed something and then it just shows up as a listed item. There might be a visual, but like in breath of the wild, there's apples hanging in trees that have their own physics. And if you knock them down, they will roll if they roll into like an active fire that, you know, lightning hit the grass, the grass is on fire, the apples roll into the fire, they will cook and become cooked apples. This game is crazy for cooks. <laughs> Baked apples are better for your health than yeah. raw ones, apparently. Um, <laughs> I've never tried it in real life, but... Uh, it, well, it's, it's a good campfire. I think people, you wrap that in a little tinfoil, maybe some butter, you just put it, twist it on the fire. It's, a, it's like, a, it's like the, the, the brother to s'mores, but healthier. Hmm. A little baked apple. Set, set a fire in the backyard tonight and tell me how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, and the thing you said earlier about there uh, not really being anyone telling you about it. Recipes are also, no one really tells you what to cook. You don't, you don't even get like a book that like checks off every time you've made a meal. You just kind of like find foods. Uh, certain shops may have like cryptic posters on the wall that shows you meals and like ingredients that you're like, oh, I recognize those ingredients. I recognize that butter. I recognize that milk. We'll try making that. And it's like, it, again, it feels very immersive and organic. It's not like no, nothing's handed to you in the game and the cooking is the same. And that's why it's like so fun to me to like discover new recipes. Uh, and then like the, the process, you like load up Link's arms with like, you know, five max of random ingredients. He chucks them in the big old pot and the pot starts to dance and he sings a little tune. You know, then clinking noises and then like a meal explodes out of it. And it's like, it's so rewarding. <laughs> It sounds goofy, but it's actually, it's incredibly charming Yeah, that I love hearing the cooking song and the last couple of notes like kind of go up or down depending on how successful your recipe is. Yeah. But just even like his little song, like he's just out in the field going, like he does a little hum tune 
which he doesn't have to, but like, he's just out there. He's just living his life. He's Link. <laughs> so, so I see again, I, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. I, it sounds so frustrating that you don't even know what is going to accomplish what, right? But you start getting the rhythm of it. You're like, okay. you know, that there is, meets... there is a logic to it. You'll like, you'll yeah. learn that like, you know, spicy foods will generate something that, um, like that will keep you warm, basically, and you can explore like the cold with it for a certain amount of time without taking mm. damage. And so you start seeing like, oh, peppers! I bet I can cook those into a spicy thing. Yeah, but you can't just cook peppers. So like, okay, I'm gonna find some meat. I'd yeah. rather find a coat. <laughs> well, well, here we go. So at its core, the food is health. It'll like give you like a couple hearts back. Uh, really good food will like max your hearts and then give you extra. And then these perks, if you're like really into the into the systems of the game, you can combo them in such ways. So you're talking about like you'd rather have a coat. Um, so there are definitely like clothing that like, you know, keeps you warm in the colder climates where you're just constantly dying if you're in the cold. But if you want to climb mountains or like, uh, how can I combo this? And like, I want to have more stamina. You can like forego the coat, go to the mountains naked and then or, or and then like get make a food that's just like pure warmth or something like that. Um Actually, scratch naked. Then you wear the clothes. That's like stamina boosting. So like you're 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 still going to be cold if you went to the mountains, like you know the ice mountains, wearing this. But you ate this pepper dinner, so you got max heat safety, and now you're climbing mountains with extra grip because you got the clothes that weren't meant for that place. And it's like you can like mess with the systems, you know, intentionally, but still like no one tells you to do these things. And it's a lot of like experimenting and learning on your own, like how you can play with the systems, and then. When those dragons are flying around, shoot off his scale, hawk that in the pot, you get like 30 minutes of that bonus. <laughs> dragon scales are valuable. So like I'm I'm basically dressed up as like a, the, the Sheikah, wearing the, uh, eating the dragon scales for like a uh, speed boost. And I'm just running through the fields like faster than a horse. And why not? I'm like, I'm like dodging lasers from those guardians without a horse and just running past them. And it's like. <laughs> If you turn the camera backwards, it's like the most cinematic, non-cinematic experience you've ever had. That actually sounds rad. I sort of took it the other way. I went with like the really heavy armor and stuff and then used the food like for temperature effects or for like, you know, health or swimming or that kind of mm. thing. Like just, I wanted to max my defense so it'd take the least damage. I think I took the Godzilla approach. Or <laughs> ninja approach. No, the, the ninja approach is fun because it's like only at nighttime does the Sheikah outfit like activate. And then add that to like a, a speed boost, and it's like you're like faster than the wind. And I'm it's too like old so for fun. this level of experimentation. Just just tell me what to do, and then I'll do it. That's what I want in the game. <laughs> <sighs> I can't help you, Graham. Before I travel, you do not want to go. Graham is the fast food sort of Uber Eats yeah, equivalent. Man. You're still eating the pizza off the ground in Ninja Turtles. That's what this is. <laughs> It boosts my health. (laughs) Sometimes I spin around with my swords out. (laughs) Different pizza, but I hear you. (laughs) Still pizza. I will give you one quick true story, though. Uh, So there's one moment in the game where this guy, I was talking to him, he's like, hey, did you know there's like a cake recipe in Hyrule Castle? I'm like, what? I stopped everything. Now, the I'm most like, difficult zone in the game, oh, yeah. let's be clear. I was hugely under level for this, but I needed that recipe. <laughs> so, like, I got, like, all my stealth set up. I got, like, the fake whatever monster heads. I got all my speed boosts. And I'm, like, I went Metal Gear on Hyrule Castle to find <laughs> that monster cake recipe. 
and damn, was it worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I never actually found it. What does it do? It was in the Royal family uh, library. It was like in a book and it's, it's that little cake that has like purple horns and it looks evil and delicious. (laughs) But what does it do? Is it just like links Uh, like, Ooh, delicious. Yeah. You probably enjoyed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. He hasn't had a cake in a while. It's a hundred years of war. All right. Well, I know Jesse's booting up Breath of the Wild tonight. <laughs> Make the sneak at the dude. You use my 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 stealth loadout and sneak into that castle. Okay, you, they won't even know you're in there. Uh, Breath of the Wild. You need bird eggs, goat butter, cane sugar, tabantha wheat, and monster extract. Uh, and here, and here's the thing: knowing all those from online, you could just make the cake right away because the game doesn't limit you to like you don't have the knowledge for this cake yet. Oh. Get out of here! It's like no, it's like if you just avoid the internet, you can just learn everything organically, or you could just wing it, throw things in the pot, and maybe a super food item will come out. Who knows? Cool. That's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> all right. Well, should we do number two? Number two. Yeah, I think we're there, aren't we? <laughs> have either of you played this uh the number two game we have not no oh, no even previous installments no so somehow this this franchise has completely passed me by it's one of my blind spots it is weird because it's capcom and you like you like a capcom game yeah. no, I, I didn't look at this and say uh no turn up my no thank you sir Blah. i just never <laughs> i just never did this one please tell us yeah. about monster hunter well, like based on everything we've talked about, Graham's going to hate this game. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. So Monster Hunter, kind of like a Shadow of the Colossus, it's basically a, like a boss rush focused kind of game. There's there's lots of stuff along the way you'll do leading up to these giant monsters that you have to fight and harvest from and then fight and then fight and then fight again and again until you're perfect and you've unlocked everything and you fight and you fight and you harvest and you fight. Uh, so it is is definitely a game about repetition and perfection, which I can see why like certain people will love this because like some people who, like master DDR and stuff are like they just want to like have the perfect loadout, know exactly what moves to do when kind of things. That's what Monster Hunter like really is for people. It's just like you're gonna meet uh, I can't remember the Rathalos, which is a big big red dragon thing. Gonna meet him a bunch of times, even if the story is just like oh you fight him once and we move on. It's like but I didn't get his scales. Uh, and so you got to go back and fight him again. And then you get the better swords and you cut off his tail and you meet his wife. He's another Athelos and it's crazy. And it's, it's, <laughs> I'm not sure how much of this is facetious or not. It's kind of, uh, there's, there's lots going on in this game. Um, but here's the thing. So it's been like a long running series. It's may, might be one of the most popular series in Japan, to be honest. Cause if you, if you go to Tokyo, there are stores or at least floors of department stores dedicated to monster hunter. Or Monhan, as it's pronounced, like in a abbreviated way. Uh, people, people love the cats. Uh, I myself have like a giant fake piece of meat with a bone sticking out of it, uh, pillow <laughs> on my shelf. It's big. The pillow and this game, it's it's big. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so you you find monsters, you kill monsters, you use parts of monsters to make cooler monster hunting stuff, mm. and go kill bigger monsters. Um, that much I got. It. So yep. you can imagine now within that there's all these stats and different systems. Uh, you know, you got your speed boosts and your, you know, uh, damage resistance, heat, fire, you know, elemental stuff, uh, stun, which is the most frustrating. It's like if a monster hits you really hard with a tail, you're like dizzy and he's just gonna jump on you and it's over. And so, well, there happens to be a food crafting system that will help out with this, help out with your stat boosts in different departments. 
Um, so let me see here. I had some notes on this. <laughs> so in, in general, the Monster Hunter like food system is on the surface pretty straightforward. It's kind of like different foods that you eat will attribute to different stats. Um, and getting the foods is in the process. It's like harvesting uh, from monsters themselves or finding them in the field before you fight a monster. Or even like growing things in your little garden in kind of like the side mini game. Kind of, again, like farm simulating type of game. So, you know, not too much to really talk about that we haven't already addressed. However, there's this place called the Canteen. And what you want to do, before every mission, you go to the Canteen and you order a set meal. And it's kind of like, okay. it's, it's going to be really nice. It's going to be like a steak dinner, like a turkey, a couple of nice things. Once you've ordered it, what follows is the greatest cutscene in a video game you'll ever see. I have to say, in my, my research for this, those cutscenes were amazing. The preparation right. process of these meals, the sounds, the sights, dare I say the smells, if you could... It is impeccable. The the food that Capcom has designed and the animations of them being made is one of the most like mouthwatering meals you'll ever see in video games. I think it's, you're burying the lead. It's like they're prepared by choreographed oh. cats. Well, I was going to end on that. That was going to be scary. It just didn't take I needed to get there. <laughs> and the big finish on this <laughs> is made by cats. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm watching this now. Folks at home, just type Monster Hunter World food cutscene into Google. Oh, wow. This is... Yes, this is very popular in Japan. (laughs) And with every expansion, they added like more meals and more characters who make them for you. There's this kindly old lady cat who makes you this dinner in the ice world. Oh. So, So I have to say, of like everything on the list... Other than maybe cooking mama, this was the one that appealed the most to me because it is a major part of the game. It's not like a side thing. It is part of the game and the game in general sounds cool. And and I like the idea of, of perfecting a battle until you get it just right and, and Mm. continuing. And and that's just part of the main game mechanic. It's the, the side aspect of, of the cooking stuff that usually discourages me. In like in this case, there's not actually a lot of side aspects because it's like once you've like found like you'll get side missions being like, oh, we need meats. We need this. But like once you hand it in, that's it. You don't have to like have more of that ingredient. They'll just make it for you every time kind of thing. Nice. Um, so there's less continual harvesting for meals, which is good for you, I guess, because it's like <laughs> it's, it's just once you get it, you've unlocked the dish where the strategy comes in is. How fresh is the ingredients? Did you pick the right ones and stuff like that? It's like, did you combo this one with that one? A, a fish meal with a, because like different types of meats give you different attributes. Like this gives you elemental resistance. This one gives you strength. This one gives you, you know, dexterity and all that stuff. So before every battle, you have to strategize which meal you want to eat. Because you can like have like a go-to, like every time it's like, I just want to be stronger every time. But like if you're fighting like a character that makes you dizzy or you know, has ice powers, you might have to rethink that a bit. Right, so get the right stat boost from the right food. And they're all temporary, so it's like every time you go to battle, you want to be like, all right, what do I want to (laughs) eat before I go out? (laughs) This is going to be a to-do. Okay, and now I got another question, because this is uh, 
the, I know you you love the this Monster Hunter series, and I know you love the Resident Evil movies. Now, there's <laughs> a movie made of Monster Hunter by the director of the Resident Evil movies. It's like the perfect storm for me, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't actually seen it yet. What, what is it on, like HBO Max or something, or what's it on? I don't know. I mean, it's a it was a pandemic release, so it's got to be somewhere. Is that the is that the phrase for it now? Is <laughs> pandemic release? It tells you everything you need to know. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, and of course, the internet is torn in two about it. Um, <laughs> people who like fun things seem to be enjoying it. <laughs> Wow, wow. Uh, and uh, what about people who don't like fun things? Well, they're hating on it. Let me tell you. They are. They're not big fans of food cramping systems. A gram? Yeah. Did you know people on the internet are angry? No. <laughs> they got they got something to pick with that movie, I'll say. Um, but like the trailer looked pretty cool. It was just like, hey, I'd recognize that dragon. Gonche, whatever his name is. I don't remember his name. Apparently, uh, like the main problem is they made it to like you know the military is going into the Capcom world. It's like why just start it in the Capcom world? It doesn't have to be a spirited away situation. Right, yeah, characters getting sucked into their favorite video game is definitely an old trope. Yeah, like I think in in this context, it's not a video game in the world of the movie, is it? Or, or is is it? Is that why everyone's angry? It's like what's what's her face from Resident Evil was playing games one day and got sucked into the TV <laughs> like Captain N and she's like no <laughs> I can tell you you can buy it for $33 on YouTube hells yeah now that's a rental rate I'm willing to pay yeah. <laughs> alright seeing as how none of us have seen this movie <laughs> well, you don't want to review it now based on <laughs> assumptions <laughs> Let's not, we just we need to make sure we still have time to address your number one uh, because again this is something that sort of passed us by so you have to do a little bit of load lifting here. That's true, but let's get into the honorable mentions first. And you did mention Resident Evil. Uh, I do want to quickly do some honorable food mentions. This one isn't crafting, but like if you watch that opening cutscene on the Resident Evil Two remake, that burger that the truck driver is eating, it's it's like photorealistic because that's how they got everyone's faces in the game. It's either the best looking burger or the most disgusting thing you've ever seen, but damn, I would eat it. It's just there. Check it out. Look up Resident Evil 2 Remake Burger. See what you have to say. Fair (laughs) enough. Other honorable mentions. uh, Let's go to some actual systems. Uh, Where are we? Secret of Mana. Again, actually, it's not, there's no cooking systems. However, I was happy that, you know, healing items was like candy, chocolate, royal honeys. It was a kid's dream come true to be like, look, candy helps me. He saves my life. Better. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Nino Cooney. Uh, is, uh, I don't know if it's RPG designed by the uh, Studio Ghibli uh, artists. And again, another f- food system that, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, but the foods look so good in like their kind of cartoony ways, you know, and, and they like level based on the worlds you're in. You can make a regular flan, ice flan, fairy flan, and it just all looks really good. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I've never played it, but the curry eating cutscenes look pretty good. I saw in the trailer. So if you, if you like, if you like that. It's I, I've, my wife played the hell out of that game. And I've seen some of that. It's 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 de- definitely just you know, select random things from your inventory, and then they do a little bit of the motion control for like stir the curry. <laughs> I didn't know that you actually like move the 
Switch yeah, there's. I remember there's a, like it ends with like a one of those mini games where it's like the concentric circles, and one goes in the other, and you have to hit it just right to put love into the recipe. Aww. So there's that. That's a good stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the honorable mentions. So if uh, you listeners at home have any honorable mentions, you know, post them in the comments. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right those, those are good. <laughs> and uh, first place, not for any particular reason, but I'll give you reasons. Final Fantasy fourteen, the online, the MMO, the the ever good. Man, I'm lost in the world of Eorzea these days. It's such a nice place to be. <laughs> it, it, say that again. Lost in the world of where? Eorzea. Oh, it, okay. That's the name of E O R. I don't know. <laughs> Eorzea. 14 suffers, I think, from some that writing technique or to make things seem like fantasy. It's just they use a lot of weird words with apostrophes in them and a lot of weird names. That's true. There is a town called like Ulda and it's got like a, a break for breath in between. So there's a lot of weird stuff in that game. But as far as being an MMO, uh, it's the first one I've ever actually played because I've always avoided MMOs because I thought I'd be like, oh, I'll be sucked into them and never get out. And I was right. But hey, now's the time to do that. So <laughs> that's fair. Final Fantasy 14. I'm on like the second expansion right now. Heavensward. Having a good time running around. Uh, a brief on the game. This is the second, I believe, of the uh, Final Fantasy mainline being called an MMO. The first was 11, I believe. That's right. Uh, this game was a failure at the start, unfortunately, because of their Eucharist. They, uh, they aimed too high and thought they didn't have to try. And, well, it kind of fell apart. There's a really cool documentary about it from uh, Noclip. Check that out. It's called, um, and it, it explains why the game's now called A Realm Reborn, because they basically remade the whole game or we're going to cancel it entirely. Uh, and I will be happy to say that they remade it pretty well. Uh, is one of the top MMOs right now. And from what I understand from the YouTube videos, a lot of people are jumping ship off of Warcraft because they're like, everyone's so mean in Warcraft. Everyone's so nice in Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, Community is definitely nice from what I've seen. There's some cool people. Uh, people like a lot of people pet me for some reason. I don't know why they just approach me. Anyway, run that one by us again. <laughs> Sorry about it. Now the point is, there's so much to do in this game. Um, I feel like this. Uh, I, again, I haven't played too many other MMOs, but I know this is loosely based on a lot of the things that worked for all the other ones. So your EverQuests and your World of Warcrafts—they took those, gave it a Final Fantasy splash. So you got your Chocobos, you got your Moogles and your Mogs and everything. You got your Golden Saucers. You got all the clothing from everyone's favorite characters from seven and eight. So you can feel like your cloud and ride a motorcycle and stuff. It's got mm-hmm. everything, as well as its own plot, which I barely pay attention to. But hey, good times all around. Another thing it has. Can you guys guess? It's a food crafting system. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> it's got a food crafting system. Um, now this one, uh, compared to the others, you know, again, it's nothing too amazing on what the, the the foods do. Like they, you know, they they actually give you a three percent boost no matter what you eat, so that's great. Uh, each food that you prepare, each meal, can again help with different attributes, like you know, your defense and your spell and this and that. Uh, and and again, all the food looks reasonably nice. Like it's there's a huge list. If you become a culinarian as one of the sub jobs, there's like you have your own story quests as a culinarian. You meet like wacky chef characters and do like cooking competitions. The world has like a meteor or a dragon falling on it any second now. But you're like, I don't have time for this. Got to get to that restaurant and finish that dish. 
<laughs> so it's not just for stat boosts. It's actually part of the story. Like this is the story of a dragoon who is also a f- aspiring chef. Yeah, I'm I'm a white mage, and I went to this other town to be like the emissary, and then I quit that job because I'm like I could be a chef, and then I just like ran off to the kitchen and applied right away. And he's like, all right, make me some soup. I'm like, sure. <laughs> And they're like, isn't the emissary supposed to show up anymore? <laughs> I, I love it once I got to that town. Um, and, and again, like you, as a culinarian, you can like make different foods for different reasons. There's plot for it too, of course. Um, and the third thing, there's uh, decorative foods. So it's like if you buy real estate in that world, you can like put nice looking meals permanently like on shelves or on tables to make it look like it's always sushi time or something like that. And it's, uh, or you can have like a shelf of pastries and things like that. And these are all things that like the chef culinary class can make. But the true reason, true reason it's on the list is because unlike any of the other games, this one is a multiplayer game. And to tie it back, see what I'm going to do here. Tied back to the very beginning. The reason that this is number one on my list is because it's the only game where you nourish others with your cooking. You make meals that give stat boosts that you yourself do not need. You're not the tank. You're not the DPS, but you still cook those breads, those soups for your friends, for others. That's why it's number one on this list. Beautiful. Dude, that was, yeah. (laughs) I am overawed and vaguely hungry. So do you actually, like, how does this work? Like, do players come to your restaurant and buy your food? Or do you run with a group and you, and you like, spread the wealth around? Like, how does this work for you, personally? Uh, for my group, we have, like, this, like, uh, they're called, like, free companies instead of uh, guilds. Because, I don't know, <laughs> because reasons. But you have, like, a locker that you can, like, just share items in. So I'll make, like, different meals and order them nicely and stack them and put them in the shelf. Um, but for other people, there's this place called the market board where if you make the right foods, you can make some mad cheddar. You know what I'm saying? Like I listen up, listen up here. This past weekend, I sold a rolling berry tart for 125,000 gill. Wow. That sounds like a high number, but just give us an example. What can you buy with 125,000 gill? More ingredients to make more Roland Berry tarts. <laughs> right. Okay. To make 125,000 gill. <laughs> I'm just looking for the scale. Like, how much does a sword cost in this game? Okay. Well, like, a cottage is 3 million. So oh. if you make a bunch of tarts and just keep that racket going, then you'd be, you'd be living in a cottage by the beach any day now. So sell 30 tarts and get beachfront property. Okay, it's a good tart. (laughs) That being said, people sometimes flood the market at lower prices and they screw me. So (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) I'm trying to like bake low, sell high, and then they ruin it all. (laughs) This sounds very complicated. Oh, I got deep into it. That is not what I think of when I think of MMORPG. That's you my know? adventure. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> Wall Street bets and GME here. <laughs> Shorting raspberry tarts. <laughs> Force those high and mighty shift players out of their beat run homes. <laughs> well, because like, 
Your target market is the people who don't want to like waste time on the story, but they want to like get every class and job done. So what right. you do, the pro tip for anyone getting into culinary class, listen up. <laughs> you go to this website and you just look up, I forget the name of the site, but then you look up all the like the mission-based foods that have to be made. You just make those exclusively, throw them up in the shop, and all the lazy players, they just eat it up, man. So players like me. And figuratively. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And that's my the strategy I developed. Like Zelda, no one tells you to do this. Learn it on your own. Immersive. Uh, so, do you think you'll you'll like finish the story, or are you just like committed to to chefing it up? Like I should save the world. Um, <laughs> I am the warrior of light, apparently. So, got to do that. <laughs> but we know where my priorities lie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I'm not going to pretend I'm not compelled. I, <laughs> I am definitely curious. Well, Jesse, you can join now for free up to level 60. <laughs> Go to squareenix.com <laughs> and I'll see you in Eorzea. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was amazing. I, that is one of my favorite lists. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I thought about it too much. Easily. <laughs> you gave me too much time. <laughs> uh, Shaggy, that was hilarious. Um, I know you're super reserved about your own stuff, but if people are looking for more of this kind of joie de vivre, <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have stuff you want to point people to, to where they can find you? Like the most active thing I got at the moment is just the Twitter, uh, Shaggy Shan at Twitter, whichever that is. And uh, you know, appropriate to the theme, you're just going to see food pictures because I'm just making things all day long. <laughs> I love do, it. You still, do you still populate like your portfolio? Like you still have a portfolio up at shaggyshan.com. Is that still updated? Is that still appropriate? Or? Um, like it's, it's just there just to like keep the URL. <laughs> it's just, it, like it's, it says a couple things I do, but it's, it's not like uh, there's not too many things it's like videos and stuff going on right now at the moment. Most of the stuff is for work. So it's just, uh, my personal creative stuff, I'll just try to phrase things as you know, fun as possible on Twitter. <laughs> That's as creative as I get these days. <laughs> well, I'd still urge our audience to check out both of those uh, because some of the stuff that you've done is hilarious. And I imagine the talking to the camera YouTube show is still probably online somewhere. Oh, God, I went in. Don't hunt that down. Who knows? I probably said some yeah. dumb things as a youth. <laughs> <laughs> regrettable things so <laughs> so focus on the twitter and the portfolio sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming on the show well, thanks for having me for the the third or fourth time what, what do we agree on third somewhere around there yeah yeah <laughs> uh while we're giving out thanks uh we never want to forget to mention uh extra thanks go to our musician jamie reum uh, the guy behind our theme song Arium is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. Check him out at Jamie underscore Reum and Jamie Reum Official on YouTube and Instagram, respectively. And uh, special thanks to you for, for tuning in. Uh, it's look, we like this. This is the kind of stuff that we do all the time, but it's usually a waste of time. Thanks to you. It's productive and it's sharing some of the joy that we have with uh, some of our old friends, some people like Shaggy, who just really just light up your life. <laughs> 
We hope you enjoy it as much as we do. And uh, hey, if you have suggestions or comments or even a list of your own, I mean, heck, there are other cooking games out there. And we didn't even mention Overcooked tonight. Oh, damn um, it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed Overcooked. <laughs> the most literal embodiment of everything I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> if uh if you wanted to fill in some of that uh we'd love to hear from you yes please you can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com we're on facebook facebook.com slash geektop5 and we're on twitter at geektop5 uh five really cool video games we've talked about and hey also cooking in real life it's not a bad thing lots of different ways you can keep yourself busy till we have a chance to talk to you again until then i'm jesse i'm graham and this has been geek top five we'll talk to you again next week (laughs) i can't believe i forgot overcooked (laughs) i love it